0: The post Aaron Rodgers era begins in Green Bay. What else is in store for Titletown? How are they going to handle everything? We're going to check in with Peter Bukowski, host of the Locked On Packers podcast, to get all the answers and then some on the Locked On Giants podcast. That's coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part
1: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Giants podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena, and we are continuing our look at the New York Giants 2023 opponents. And up next, we have the Green Bay Packers, and we're welcoming in Peter Bukowski, who is host of Lockdown Packers, and someone who, uh, you know, I don't know if you could tell, those of you who are watching on YouTube, but Peter is obviously broken up about the Packers moving on from Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Pete, let let's all send some love Peter's way because he is really broken up, <laughs> folks. Peter, welcome to Lockdown Giants. Thank you so much. For Thank you. I should have worn off. all
1: black. I'm very much in mourning now. I uh, <laughs> and anyone who who follows me knows that I this is uh, I have a very unique relationship with uh, Aaron Rodgers, the the player, Aaron Rodgers, the person, all of those things. But I I'm very excited for this Packers team to see them this year, and I have to tell you and your listeners. I reference and have referenced what the giants did last year for like the last eight months. I, I I have not been able to stop talking about it. Cause I'm like, if, if Brian Dayball can put together, not just a functional offense, but a good offense with Daniel Jones and the Island of misfit toys at receiver, then why couldn't Aaron Rodgers play better? I don't care who's catching passes. I don't care. Like the offensive line is better than what New York had. Uh, the receivers were I would say more talented and the quarterback is theoretically way better and they couldn't put together a better offense. That didn't make sense to me. So I, it was one of those ways for me to say no excuses, guys, look what they're doing in New York with the guy that everyone was ready to run out of town at quarterback who just got what? 140, 150, 70 million, whatever it is, some Texas with a dollar sign. Um, If they can do it, why can't green Bay? So that's, that's something we've talked about a lot on my show.
0: Well, we're going to start with the quarterback situation because I just know how broken up you are about losing Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, but let's try and be positive about All right, let's us. We'll start, we'll start there. So Rodgers safely tucked away with the Jets. He's now John goes problem. And mm. Johnny, of course, will be on the program with me later in the week, but let's start with the overall picture, Peter, life after Rodgers. How is the team kind of different what's the mood like and and how is the offense going to be different with Jordan Love at at the helm
1: so this is something we actually just did Uh, I did an entire show on what is going to be different about the Packers without Aaron Rodgers offense defense team strategy I think it I think it will it will affect the way that they view young players I think it will affect the way that they decide who is up and who is down on game day I mean it it has wide reaching effects on everything that you do as an organization so if we just start offensively i think we're going to see a lot of the same concepts with with jordan love as aaron Rodgers. i think they they believe jordan love can run everything that that they want to run and and i think in a lot of ways what aaron Rodgers did for matt lafleur was introduce him to all of these um mccarthy hackett uh west coast concepts that obviously matt lafleur knew but but added them to the repertoire of Matt LaFleur, who comes from this Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan um, tree of the West Coast offense. And I think that that is going to make it easier for for Matt LaFleur to design an offense that fits in in what Jordan Love is able to do offensively. And we saw in that Philly game, and and luckily that was a national TV game, so that was a game that, that potentially your audience could have seen. He played really well against Philadelphia in the fourth quarter of that game, led them to 10 points, very easily could have been more if Randall Cobb comes back to the ball and makes that catch in the end zone on what was an unbelievable throw from Jordan Love. Um, Aaron Jones had a drop in in just outside the red zone on a ridiculous cover two hole shot that Jordan Love um, feathered in there, and so they can he can do everything offensively. They're going to have to find a blend between what say Jared Goff. Is in Detroit, and what Matthew Stafford was in LA, what Aaron Rodgers was for the Packers, because he doesn't quite have that mastery level yet. We don't think, but I, he's so much more able in terms of being a playmaker um, than your Kirk Cousins and your Jared Goff's, who are just pure button pushers. Um, can he? Can he do the button pushing? We'll see. Right. I mean, that's the big question. But the playmaking, we've already seen the flashes of that. That was that was one of the things at Utah State that got him compared to Patrick Mahomes. Is he can make those off-platform throws. He can use his legs to make plays. He is the modern archetype at quarterback. And they have a great offensive line, as I mentioned, and a great running game. I think the best running back duo in the sport with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. So I think it's going to be a lot of the same in Green Bay. I'm, I'm really excited to see it. They've added two top 100 picks at the tight end position in Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave looks like he's going to be the day one starter at tight end, um, which is hard to do. I mean, ask Cody Bellinger. That is a really hard position to play. It's one of the reasons why I think, frankly, the Giants brought in Darren Waller because there's a there's a learning curve there, and and it takes time for these guys to get it going. Um, they added uh, another a top 100 player in this last draft, Jaden Reed from Michigan State, a true slot type. So now you've got your big X physical Uh, deep receiver, Christian Watson. You've got your Z in Romeo Dobbs from Nevada, who's a a year two player. Now you can throw in Jaden Reed in the slot. Um, All these guys are really, really young. This is an incredibly young pass catching group, but it's fast. It's potentially dynamic and it's going to be really fun to see them develop.
0: That all being said, Peter, how much rope does Jordan Love have? I mean, because look, he's going to, you know, progress is never linear for no. a team or for a quarterback or for any player. So how much rope do you think he's going to have for, you know, if he, that first clunker that he really throws, you know, are people going to be uh, sure fans will be screaming to, to replace him, but how much rope do you think the, the coaching staff is willing to give him?
1: I think you make this move with Aaron Rodgers you are ready to move on. And I think the Packers were just as ready to move on from Aaron Rodgers as Aaron Rodgers was m- ready to move on from the Packers, which is to say they were both ready. Um, and I think there were a lot of fans that were also ready. There, There is a huge contingent of fans who were already saying, we're done with this guy. We've had enough. We've seen enough. We just don't like, please, let's just get a regular person in here who we don't have to worry about what he's going to say on Pat McAfee and can just go play football. They they're ready for that. And then you, have, of course, have, you know, the guys that are gonna be the Rodgers fans through and through, they're still gonna get behind Jordan Love because they want the Packers to win, theoretically. He's gonna get plenty of space to do that. But there are going to, there's going to be a vocal part of the fan base that says that doesn't want him to succeed because they're Aaron Rodgers capers. And and look, I get that. I don't begrudge anyone doing that. The team has an understanding that this is gonna take some time. And this was Brian Gudekin's big bet. They traded up. In the first round, in 2020, after they had just gone to the NFC Championship game for Jordan Love, understanding that this was going to be the plan sooner than later. And here they are. They gave him the extension rather than the the fifth-year option that that protects them a little bit, that gives Jordan Love some upfront money. So I think he's going to have plenty of rope, assuming he's not just like unplayably bad, that, that he's going to be able to have some growing pains. And both the fan base, the coaching staff, the organization, they're going to be behind him.
0: You mentioned before that the Packers have a solid offensive line, but I believe there's some question marks at right tackle and at left tackle with David Bacardi. Did I say that right? Bac- B- back-
1: Bakhtiari, yeah, it's a mouthful. Bakhtiari,
0: sorry. Um, you know, especially he's coming off. The, I think he had a knee issue, if I'm not mistaken, last season. What can you tell us about the tackle situation on that offensive line?
1: So the Bakhtiari injury actually, and and unfortunately, happened in 2020. And in a lot of ways, that injury, and and it's not his fault. That injury cost the Packers a Super Bowl because if he's playing in 2020, I think they beat the Bucs. If he's playing in 2021, you know, this is, this is now a year injury. If he's playing in 2021, I think they beat the 49ers. One of the reasons why they lost that 49ers divisional game is because they had to move Billy Turner from right tackle to left tackle, play their backup right tackle. It became a mess and they couldn't block that 49ers front. He it took him 18 months plus to come back from that ACL and in fact wasn't ready for week one more than two calendar or yeah, two calendar years later. He's back now, he's ready to go. This is probably going to be his last year in Green Bay at right tackle. You had Yash Nyman, who started his career as a left tackle developmental player and acquitted himself really nicely in 2021, had to to make, I think, eight starts for the Packers and looked really, really nice in all of them. I mean, he is a starting caliber offensive lineman. There are plenty of teams. I I was a little surprised no one made a restricted free agent offer sheet for him. He, at the end of last year, Zach Tom, who was a fifth round rookie, was playing so well as, as a spot starter for David Bakhtiari that when Nyman struggled in week 18 against the Lions, they actually pulled Yash Nyman and brought in Zach Tom to start for him. That was not because Nyman is a bad player. Again, I think he's a starting caliber tackle. It was that they have that much faith in Zach Tom as a rookie to come in and 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 man that spot. So I really think that they have six at least starting caliber offensive linemen because they have Josh Myers at center, John Runyon, a right guard, and then, of course, Ellen Jenkins, who's a pro Bowl caliber, all-pro caliber left guard. When healthy, this is a top five-ish kind of offensive line, but you mentioned... The health of David Bakhtiari is going to be the question. And then how that how does that right side shake out? Um, is it going to be Zach Tom? Is it going to be yash Nyman? Are they, going to, are they going to play Nyman at right tackle and Zach Tom at right guard? The cool thing about Matt LaFleur, Patricia, is he has said from the beginning and has been true to his word, we are going to play the best five guys and we're going to figure out the positions. Like Elton Jenkins came back from an ACL injury and played right tackle, even though he played left guard his entire career in the NFL. And he struggled at right tackle, so they moved him back to left guard. And they, they swapped John Runyon Jr. from left guard to right guard. They moved Yash Nyman from left tackle to right tackle. They're they not they're not afraid to say, we're going to scrap everything and make wholesale changes if they need to. And I think that that puts them in a really nice position with this offensive line moving forward. They have, they have a luxury that not a lot of teams have.
0: All right. And speaking of changes and whatnot, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk about the Packers' defense and maybe explore why defensive coordinator Joe Barry has a little bit more pressure on him than the average defensive coordinator. That's coming up next on the Locked On Giants podcast. Hey, Giant fans, our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy football host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. And with draft prep underway for the upcoming season, Vinny's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week. Is a guy that when you're on the clock for the first overall pick in the 2023 fantasy draft, it's okay to get downright giddy about doing the gritty. That means picking Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson is a guaranteed fit for your fantasy roster. Over the past two seasons, Jefferson has led the league in both receptions and receiving yards, and he will remain a dominant number one target monster in 2023 and is a guaranteed fit to ignite the rest of your fantasy football lineup towards success. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a guaranteed fit for your vehicle, you need to check out eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternators, shocks, struts—you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's Guaranteed Fit helps you understand exactly what parts you need for your vehicle. So go for it, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating when your ride needs a little fixing up. Because with eBay's Guaranteed Fit, everything you need for your vehicle is just a click away. Just look for the green check. Those parts and accessories that are right for your vehicle, make and model, and are also available at the right price. Visit ebaymotors.com and let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply and exclusions apply. All right, giant fans. Welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you with us here, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day, or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We at the Lock On Giants podcast are previewing the New York Giants' 2023 opponents, and on today's show, we have Peter Bukowski, host of Lock On Packers, who is telling us everything we need to know about the state of the Green Bay Packers before we, of course, get into training camp. And Peter, let's talk about the defense because you look at what Joe Barry has to work with. I believe he mm. has something like eight. First-round picks, former first-round picks, current first-round picks. The defense last year I don't think played as well as people thought it would. Can Joe Barry make this work, do you think, given what he has?
1: He better. <laughs> like, this is it for him, I think. And and one of the only reasons he's still employed is because when Matt LaFleur fired Mike Patton, he handpicked Joe Barry. He had the opportunity to hire a Evero who is now in Carolina, but went to Denver with uh, Nathaniel Hackett, who was a Packers coach when Joe Barry was hired. And Evero is one of the rising stars in our business, was getting head coaching hires um, interviews this past cycle. So he's probably going to be a head coach sooner than later. Yes, he may have only been the Packers DC for a year or two, but that year or two could have been the difference between, you know, a, a couple more wins. Now it wasn't the defense that let the Packers down in 2021 when they lost to the 49ers. That was offense and special teams that lost them that game. So it's hard to pin their lack of success there. But if you look at the regular season numbers, this has been an average to below average defense in the Joe Barry two years that he's been here, despite the fact that, as you mentioned, there's now eight first-round picks on this defense. Lucas Van Ness, who was their first-round pick this year, is not even probably going to start the season, just as Rashawn Gary back in 2019 was a first-round pick who did not start. They they took Rashawn Gary at 12 after spending something like 150 or 160 combined million on Preston Smith and zadaria Smith in free agency who play the same position. They like loading up on defense. In 2019 or 2022, they had the two first round picks from the um, Devontae Adams trade, Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker, two defensive players. Eric Stokes, the year before, 2021, a cornerback. This last year, I mentioned Lucas Van Ness, and Then you go back to Kenny Clark, um, former first round pick at defensive tackle, and 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 Jair Alexander back in 2018 in, in Brian Utican's first draft was a first-round pick as well. Darnell Savage, 2019. They had two defenders in 2019 in the first round. So they have loaded this team with talent. They bring in Devondre Campbell off the street. He turns into an, an all-pro for them in 2021. They bring in Russell Douglas off the Cardinals practice squad. He turns into, at least in 2021, he had a Pro Bowl caliber season. I thought he was very good again last year once they settled into a style of defense. The Cardinals could use both of those guys right now, by the way. Um, and and they had them both in the building. Uh, and so they have the talent to be really good. I, I said this on my show last year, going into this year. I said, I don't know how good this defense is going to be, but I know how good this defense should be. I know how good the talent is. And so if they don't play to that talent, then we're gonna to have to sit here and say they underperformed. And I'm here to tell you, they underperformed. They have to get this right. And part of that is on Matt LaFleur. If he feels like they're not playing tight enough on the outside, that's been one of the big criticisms, even going back to Mike Petton. They don't play enough press man coverage, they don't play enough man coverage full stop, they don't blitz enough, they don't mix their looks enough. That's that's some of that is like the, the era that we live in, in in the too high world, the Vic Fangio world, but Wink Martindale doesn't seem to have a problem saying we're just gonna blitz your face off. And so when if you're if you're a Packer fan, you're watching the second half of that Giants game going, why not us? Why, why can't we do that? Because that was what Wink Martindale decided to do. So we don't we don't believe you can get open against our guys. So we're gonna blitz you, and we don't think our you, you can get open against our man coverage. And that's how the Giants beat the Packers in the second half of that game. So you you have to find that balance between limiting explosive plays with those two high looks and finding ways to create the negatives. That's easier said than done, though. I, I understand that.
0: Yeah, and you know, on that Packers defense, I think you have probably more question marks at, at certain positions than maybe you do on the offensive side of the ball. For example, defensive end, has that been settled? What do you think, you know, the, who do you think is going to be the starters there? We'll start, you know, with that position.
1: So Preston Smith is going to start. Um, you have Rashawn Gary, who, who in 2021 was as productive as any pass rusher in the league. If you look at the pressure rate numbers, um, if you look at the pass rush win rate numbers, uh, he, he was outstanding in, in 2021 and then to start 2022 was really, really good, but he's coming off an ACL injury. So you're going to start the season and it's not going to be Rashawn Gary. So it's going to be Preston Smith. Who's getting up there in age. Um, Kingsley and Ibarre, who was a fifth round pick last year and played as a rookie last year, played pretty well for a fifth round pick. I mean, played really well for a fifth round pick played pretty well for a, a just starting caliber defensive end but he's not going to change your life. So that's why you need Lucas Van Ness to come in and give you some juice. The problem is he's raw. He's just figuring out how good he can be. I had Eddie McGilvray, who's his personal defensive line coach on the show. And and Eddie was like, when I first got this guy, I basically had to explain to him, you can be one of the best defensive players in football if you you just believe that you can be and and put in the work. And, And he was telling me this, Last spring before the Packers took him, he's texting me and he's like, I'm working with this guy who is, I'm telling you, he's going to be one of the best defensive players in the league if he stays healthy. And that's, I think that's the guy that if he pops, you pair Lucas Van Ness with Rashawn Gary, two guys who have speed and power, who can just run through your face. Like you might get them blocked 70% of the time, 75% of the time, but you're going to wake up the next day and you're going to feel it. And you are going to know that you had to block them on all of those reps. And I I think he's a guy that, that you go, okay, if he can be something early, this defense can, can find that next gear.
0: Another position that the Packers, I believe have a problem with, and we in the land of the giants can relate to this because we have question marks about the same position inside linebacker. Mm. How's that sorting out for the Packers? Or how do you see that sorting out?
1: Well, Devondre Campbell did not play as well in 2022 as he did in 2021. All-Pro in 2021 was hurt and then did not play as well in 2022. But they also changed the way that they played. They played a lot more nickel, true nickel with two linebackers on the field. Whereas in 2021, they played a lot more dime. They played a lot more six-man fronts, like 6-1, which is, the, you know, the, the kinds of fronts that have given the Shanahan-McVay tree teams problems. And Devondre Campbell was great. They, they draft Quay Walker so that they can play a little bit bigger. They can play... Different kinds of six-man fronts where you have two true linebackers on the field. And I think that that led to Demondre Campbell not playing as free. He had to worry about what the guy next to him was doing. And Quay Walker, frankly, did not play great. Um, and in the second half of the season, he played much better. We saw flashes of what he could be. But he still needs a map on run fits. Um, and in in zone coverage, that that got better. But I think his best trait is his speed. He's got to learn to process the game a little bit better. He's got to see it a little bit faster because his speed, if he starts to see the game faster, he's just more athletic than like everyone else on the field. He's an incredible, incredible athlete. All Georgia does is just recruit S tier athletes. He still needs to figure out how to learn to play the game. And I think that's part of the problem there. They also have no depth there. Just absolutely no depth at inside linebacker. And that's going to be a problem. If you lose one of those guys, especially Devondre Campbell. And it's got to be Quay Walker stepping in there. I just don't know if he's ready to be the green dot on this defense.
0: And then a couple of other positions that I think are still up in the air for the Packers safety and the mm. slot cornerback position.
1: Safety is a tough, tough one. I, I actually wanted them to go after um, a, a giant free agent in this last cycle. I thought, I thought Julian love would have been a, a great guy to, to bring in and, and give them some veteran stability. Um, Darnell Savage got benched last year. They played Rudy Ford who they got from the Jaguars in his place. And then he got benched um, for Darnell Savage again. And then now they're both starting for the Packers this year. So that's not a great combination when both your starting safeties were benched the year before. That's not ideal. Um, but Darnell Savage has at least shown he can be a high level contributor at some point in his career. Last year he he had a down season and let's just call it what it was. He'd shown in 2019, 2020, 2021, there's high level of football in there he can be a difference maker a field tilter a takeaway machine when he's right he he did not play committed football last year did not tackle well at all really heavy shades of haha ha Clinton Dix at times last year where you go early in the in his career like this guy's going to be a star makes a pro bowl and then all of a sudden he just can't play at all and he's out of the league before you know it i hope that doesn't happen with darnell savage because I think he's actually more talented than, than haha was, but man, they've got to get this safety position figured out. And then slot corner, it's going to be officially Keyshawn Nixon, who was their, their all pro kick returner last year, um, who, who played well in sports in the slot for the Packers. They, they experimented with the slot last year. They unlocked something against the Vikings in week 17, when they put Jair on Justin Jefferson in the slot. And they said, when he's in the slot, we're going to play uh 23 over him. And you're gonna have safety help and just be physical, man that guy up. And it's it's what um former Packer Gary Ellison calls the cat defense. You got that cat, I got this cat. And that that worked. Um, I think they're gonna situationally use J.R. Alexander a little bit more, especially against teams where your primary receiver is a slot receiver, like against the Lions and Amon Ross St. Brown, he's in the slot 90% of the time. You're gonna see J.R. Alexander a bunch. Um I I don't know what you do against the giants when you've got six slot receivers and some are going to have to play on the outside. I like, then how do you choose? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the market inefficiency that they're trying to exploit here. I don't know. Um, but I I think they have a lot of options there. And what's really interesting is their two best outside cornerbacks right now are Russell Douglas and Jair Alexander. Well, Eric Stokes is a really good football player and he had a really good rookie season he wasn't a great fit last year trying to play some of the off coverage quarter stuff that they wanted to play, but in man coverage, he's still awesome. Like still, I think he was top 10 last year in average separation in man coverage. So you're even in, in what we are going to call a quote unquote down season for him. He's awesome. So at, at least in man. So how do you find ways to use him? There's been some talk. You move Russell Douglas to safety and you play Eric Stokes on the outside. Russell Douglas played in the slot last year. That was a bad fit. So I think they're still trying to play around with this and and manipulate the matchups in their favor. That gives them some versatility, but I think it also gives them an identity issue, Patricia. And that's the thing that I'm worried about with this team right now.
0: All right. Coming up next, we're going to talk about one other position group that I think is flying under the radar, but I think there's a question mark involved there. We're going to take a look at some of the new faces for the Packers and we're going to, Pin down, what is the X factor outside of Jordan Love? We can't have Jordan Love as the X factor. You've got Patricia Traina, and Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers. That's coming up next. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Traina, and we are talking Green Bay Packers who are on the New York Giants 2023 schedule with Locked On Packers host Peter Bukowski. And Peter, there's one position that I don't think is getting a whole lot of attention on the Packers, but maybe should. And that would be, who's going to kick for this team?
1: Mm. So that is a good question. I just wrote about this for The Leap, um, which is a newsletter that, you know, I'd love for you to subscribe to, Um, but it's mostly Packers stuff. So it's it's going to be Anders Carlson, Um, their sixth round pick this past season, a guy who you know, like wasn't maybe even the best kicker in the SEC last year. Um, certainly was not the best kicker on the consensus board when the Packers took him. But Rich Pisaccia, who is a special teams guru and, and was brought in to fix the Packers special teams, which he did in spades last year, especially after they decided to Mario Rogers, if you keep fumbling, it's actually time for you to be shown the door. And he was shown the door. And guess what happened? They found Keyshawn Nixon, who's an all pro. Um, Rich Bisaccia vouched for this guy. And said, look, there's so much talent there. There's so much ability, which I didn't, I kind of didn't even know you could do that. I I kind of thought kicking, and this is my own ignorance, I kind of just thought kicking, kicking was like a, what you see is what you get kind of position where if you're a good kicker, you're a good kicker. It's not something where you're developing and you're doing all the, of course there is. Like a, a intuitively you go, anything is, is about repetition and it's about potential and there's skill and the, all that stuff, but it's not something we talk about uh, in any sort of meaningful way. And so- I was just ignorant to all of that, and unfortunately. So I'm fascinated to see here um, what they get from him. I also don't think they're done. Like if this is a team that it starts the year four and two or something, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to shop. I think that they're going to go on the market and say, okay, let's see if we can find a kicker because they had Mason Crosby for 15 years. He's the best kicker in franchise history made some absolutely monster clutch kicks. I mean, people forget they remember the Aaron Rodgers throw to Jared Cook along the sideline against the Cowboys. Mason Crosby hit two 50-yard field goals in the fourth quarter, including the one that was set up by the Cook play to win that game. Um, Not having that is is a loss. I have said over and over that I kind of like that they have an unknown at kicker because I want them to go for more fourth downs in plus territory. I kind of don't want them to ever kick field goals, but sometimes when you have to. Like if it's fourth and eighteen from the twenty, like you're you're gonna kick. That's just one of those things. So um, you still need someone there in two minute situations. If you go down, and you just need one or two points to win. You want to get into field goal range. You don't want to have to try and score touchdowns. So it's a rookie for now. That's the that's the tone of this team. They're saying we're gonna go young, and I think they hope that in two years, three years that they can maximize this guy's physical potential because he has, when you saw it in, in rookie camp, a monster, monster leg. And you need that in the swirling winds at Lambeau field, the cold, the cold ground. You have to be able to Mason Crosby, I think doesn't get enough credit for his prowess in the the cold at Lambeau. It is a tough place to kick and, and you need all of that leg and Mason for, you know, he was there for forever And even late in his career, he had enough leg to kick those 50-yarders in the cold. You have to have that in Green Bay.
0: All right. Now, you mentioned new faces and whatnot. Let's talk about some of the newcomers to the Packers, some guys that you think are going to play big roles for Mm. for, uh, Green Bay. It doesn't have to just be the draft picks. It could be free agents that they added. Who are some names that people should be on the lookout for?
1: The big one is Luke Musgrave. The second round tight end, um, he was the the guy that they used the, the Aaron Rodgers pick on, the, the pick that they got from the Jets. It is the highest pick that they've used on a tight end since Bubba Franks, who was a first round pick. And Patricia, this guy can fly. They have not had an athlete at this position since prime Jermichael Finley early in his career. And I actually, frankly, think Luke Musgrave is faster straight line speed than Jermichael was. Jermichael was a more physical guy. He was, Jermichael Finley was cut from granite, like the statue of David. Um, Musgrave is not quite that, but he was an Alpine skier, if you can believe that. Um, growing up in high school, um, in addition to being, you know, an all-world football player, you, you kind of go, you see him, he's 6'5", 250, and you're like, how did this guy ski anywhere? But that, I think that that speaks to his flexibility. And his explosiveness, he's got that quick twitch. You see it just in the little clips that the Packers post on social media. He moves at a different speed than everyone else. And even the other players, the other offensive players, guys like Elton Jenkins, who have been around, who've seen Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is an absolute burner. And some of these guys, he was on NFL Network a couple weeks ago, and he was like, this offense is so fast. With Christian Watson, you add Jaden Reed, and now you have this true mismatch player like Luke Musgrave. Tight end is a really tough position to make an impact early. We've seen this. Again, I mentioned Cody Bellinger, but go back to Evan Ingram. Incredible physical tools. It took him a little while to get things figured out. It really took him going to Jacksonville, right, to get it figured out. I mean, he just had his best season of his career probably. So it's going to take some time with him, but he's going to make a couple plays, I think, this year that just make everyone go, whoa, wait a second. What is this?
0: Yeah, tight end, you know, I think you look at the success in – Kansas City with Travis Kelsey there, um, George Kittle with the 49ers. And we we know this is a copycat league and, you know, yeah. teams are looking to, to you know, copy that. You know, the Giants, of course, bringing in Waller to go along with Bellinger. And, and you know, I don't know who the third tight end is going to be just yet, but there's more of an emphasis. I think you're going to see probably a rise in 12, 13 maybe even some 22 personnel across the league. If teams are going to
1: live in that too high shell, I absolutely agree. If teams are going to live in too high, you have to be able to punish them in the run game Mm -hmm. and then create mismatches in the open field. You got to make those safeties cover You got to make those linebackers cover. And if you're in 12 and you're going to sit in that too high shell, we better be able to pound you in the run game. If you're going to sit in those light boxes. And I think that's, that's going to be one of the counters that these teams are looking at. I think that's, what what the Giants are thinking with Waller and Bellinger? I think that's what the Packers are thinking with Musgrave. I didn't even mention Josiah DeGuar, who's sort of a hybrid H back um, for them, and then Tucker Craft. This is this is the way I think the league is trying to go.
0: Yeah, definitely, Peter. Outside of Jordan Love, what is the X factor for this Packers team? The thing that's going to make or break the season?
1: It's Romeo Dobbs, their their wide receiver too. He he showed so much in training camp last year that he got Aaron Rodgers to give a rookie a compliment. That is, that is like seeing Bigfoot. That is not a thing that happens. And, and Aaron Rodgers didn't just give him a compliment, extolled his virtues for weeks. Romeo Dobbs compared him to Devontae Adams and Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson and guys that are like his best friends in addition to being great Packers. And so he, he came in and was really their wide receiver one in a lot of ways early in the season he gets hurt. Christian Watson breaks out and, and Dobbs kind of gets relegated to second fiddle. But I said this on, I had this, I did a whole show on this. In fact, Romeo Dobbs, Christian Watson, I have confidence is, is capable of carrying your offense as an, as a true X boundary receiver wide receiver one. The question is, what do you have after that? And I think because it's going to take these tight ends some time to get this all figured out. That's where someone like Romeo Dobbs comes in. He has the, the tools. He has the ability he can win vertically with his speed. He's a 4 4 guy, but he showed last year he can win with his route running too. He is a terrific route runner. He's got terrific hands. He can make catches in traffic. He's not a, a huge guy. He's 6 1, like 212 in that range, but he's great with the ball in the air. Made a terrific touchdown grab against the Bills, ball outside of his frame. He he made a couple really great throw, uh, catches in the preseason on fade balls in the, in the end zone, just going up and mossing guys. He is one of those guys who has been a standout in the, the spring for the Packers is actually getting a higher volume of targets from Jordan Love than Christian Watson is. And so that's just, I think, something to keep an eye on. I think he could end up having more catches than Christian Watson. Even like I think Christian Watson is the kind of guy who could have a 70-catch, 1,200-yard season. But Romeo Dobbs is the guy that might catch 80 balls just because of his skill set. That's the guy that, that changes everything for this offense if he can be a good player.
0: All right, now, final question for you. It's training camp is right around the corner, so the rosters aren't set. But we have a pretty good idea who's going to be on the rosters, who's going to be playing, what type of roles, what types of positions. Yeah. That being said, when you look at the Packers versus the Giants, give me a matchup on each side of the ball that you think is going to have you sleeping uh, – cause you sleepless nights.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, I think I think one of them is just what what Wing Martindale is going to do. I know that that's a little bit of a cop out, right? Because he's a coach, but if he's able to fluster and confuse Aaron Rodgers, what is he going to do to a first year starter? I think that's something that is just making me go. Oh, I don't. I don't love that. And then it's it's going to be. I think this run game, until until proven otherwise, this Packers run defense is just really bad. That's just, it just is. And, and Saquon didn't kill them last year in that London game, but he did enough run and pass that made it really difficult. That set up all the boot actions. Daniel Jones got them on the ground with his legs. I, I, I could not believe after the game, I talked, we, I, you and I talked about this. I could not believe after the game, you had Joe Barry at the podium going, they, they called a lot more boots than we thought. That's all they did all year. That was the whole offense was the boot game. How could, how can you be an NFL coordinator and say they, they called a lot more boots than we thought they would. That was the whole freaking offense. They built the whole plane out of boots. So sorry for yelling and getting upset, but that was really frustrating. And so um, if you can slow the running game down, then that makes it a little harder. You don't have to sell out against boots the same way. If you're trying to stop the run, if you can do it with 6 with your, you know, your base nickel. If that's the way that the the Giants are going to come out, if they're going to come out in eleven and they want to try and run, if you can stop them with your nickel guys, then you're a little less worried about some of the boot actions killing you. That would be that would be where I would go with the, both of those.
0: Okay. Well, we'll see how it all shakes out. Obviously, training camp still has to take place, preseasons, and you never know. So there might be an injury that upsets the apple cart. Sure. There might be a surprise that nobody sees coming. That's the beauty of the NFL. Just. You never know what you're going to get, which is why you got to stay on top of things every single day. And that's what we hear at the Lock on, Gi- on NFL Network, Lock On Giants, Lock On Packers, and the other 30 teams. Uh, that's what we do here. We stay on top of your team so that you don't have to. So make sure, Giant fans and Packer fans, those of you who are checking out this podcast, that you keep it here on Lock On Giants. Also visit Peter at Lock On Packers. Peter, thank you so much for coming on the program with me, always great to talk ball with you. And by the way, I have a shipment coming in of Kleenex. I'll make sure to send some your way because I know <laughs> you, I know you're secretly crying about you know Aaron Rodgers and everything like that. But you know. <laughs> all right, Giants fans, that's going to do it for today's episode of the Locked On Giants podcast. Make sure you continue to keep it here. We've got the Jets coming up. And the dreaded Eagles is coming up. We're going to talk with Gino Camilleri of Locked On Eagles about those dirty birds. And can the Giants finally beat them this year? Fingers crossed that they do. For Peter Bukowski, I am Patricia China Giant fans, we will see you tomorrow.